Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. This is, of course, your hometown radio station right there in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia. It is also your radio station wherever your hometown is if you are listening by way of the World Wide Web. Praise God. Amen. We're glad to have you with us wherever you're hearing this broadcast, whether you're listening in North Florida, South Georgia, whether you're listening in in another nation, another country, uh, wherever you are hearing this broadcast, we are so glad to have you with us today as we go to the Word of God. Amen. And we're talking about a great subject. If you're a Christian, and if you're not a Christian, we don't want you to turn the dial right now. Uh, if you are hearing this broadcast, you have been listening to the great gospel truths through music, and uh, you're hearing of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, a hope not only in this world, but a hope that reaches beyond this world into eternity. And, oh, friend of mine, how we want to share the good news of Jesus with you today. So as we uh, talk about our inheritance, it can be your inheritance today. You know, when I hear the word inheritance, my ears perk up. If somebody has left me something, somebody has purpose to give me something, I want to, number one, know who it is that would be so generous and benevolent to want to bless me in that way. And then the second thing I want to know is, what did they leave me? Amen. <laughs> And what is it that they wanted me to have and they wanted to give me? And I pray your spiritual ears will perk up today to hear this message on the believer's inheritance. We're going to take our text in just a moment from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Just before we go to the Word of God, I would like to invite you to come to our website. Just type in The Holy Church of God, and uh, it will take you to our, our website where this broadcast originates right here in Tampa, Florida. And uh, if you uh, uh, want to invite someone else to hear this broadcast, there are, are many episodes of this broadcast, the most current going back down through months, right there on our website. And uh, you can you can follow them in sequence. We like to have several uh, uh, broadcast on the same subject that you can use as a devotional, as a kind of a mini Bible study on a subject. And right now we're studying the believer's inheritance and we don't want you to miss it. Praise God. Amen. And if you're a brand new listener, we welcome you. And if you have come back again, if you're one of our consistent listeners, uh, we're glad to have you as part of the listening family right here on WMAF. And we want to reiterate again uh, how uh, glad we are and honored we are to be part of the broadcast family. You know, I can recommend this station because it's family-friendly uh, to anyone, anywhere, uh, to to just bring it up on their computer, listen live to classic country music, 
classic gospel music, and I'm, I pray that we might have be categorized as classic Bible teaching, which simply means is that we haven't added from, we're not taking from, we are declaring God's word just as it is written because the Bible says of itself heaven will pass away earth will pass away Uh, certainly every person on the earth is going to pass away but he said of his word it will abide forever praise God well we have a good news message to bring you about the inheritance of the children of God, the inheritance of the believer, the believer's inheritance. First Peter 1, 3 through 5. In this second edition, I want to remind you once again, the Christians that are being written to in this letter are Christians on the run, under the gun, Christians that are being scattered because of the great persecution under Nero uh, during this time. Uh, Some of them were giving up everything they owned and having their own life threatened uh, with imprisonment or death. Um, and, And the message was to let them know that they were not giving up anything worth comparing to that that God had reserved for them. And someone said it well when he said, he is no fool who gives up what he can't keep to gain that which he cannot ever lose. I'm going to say that again. He is no fool who gives up what he can't keep to gain that which he cannot ever lose. Hallelujah. So we're talking about something that is beyond the visible, tangible world. We're talking about, amen, the kingdom of God itself today. Amen. And what is ours because we are inheritors of this kingdom. Praise God. Amen. So I'm going to read it once again. First Peter 1, 3 through 5. And wanted you to know the background. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In a way, these Christians in Asia, you see, can be compared to the Israelites in the desert. God gave them the land of Canaan as an inheritance. And while they wandered in the wilderness, they were sustained by the promise of their inheritance. Like Israel in the wilderness, the New Testament people of God are aliens and pilgrims. They make their way through a world that is becoming more hostile, yet they are not wandering beggars cast off of their possessions. They hold a sure title to the inheritance which God has given them. They are citizens of the kingdom of God. And Peter moves on to describe their inheritance. Their inheritance is incorruptible, it is undefiled, And it never fades away. At first glance, the description that is given seems more suited to describe material possessions. But all three descriptions are used 
in the Old Testament in reference to kingdoms. And the first word is incorruptible. Incorruptible. It could also be translated indestructible. A very similar word is used by the prophet Isaiah who warned God's people that their land would be utterly emptied or completely laid waste, literally destroyed in Isaiah 24 and verse 3. Daniel used this very same word as Peter when he prophesied of the kingdom that would be established by the Messiah. He said, In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. It is incorruptible, therefore it is indestructible. In Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. In similar context, Daniel again used this same word in chapter 7, verse 14. And it says, and I quote, Then to him the Messiah was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages would serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. It is therefore incorruptible, and you can see this thought and this Greek word so close to the Hebrew, the incorruptible, indestructible kingdom of God is ours who have accepted Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And friend of mine, we may be pressed upon to make sacrifices to follow him. In fact, something is going to have to be given up. <laughs> Someone asked me one time, will I have to give up my, my, my sinful uh, friends and relationships to follow Jesus? And I said, why, no, you just follow Jesus and they'll give you up. <laughs> Amen. It might cost you them, but I'm going to tell you something. What you have received, Paul put it this way. He, he, he talked about all of the sufferings and sacrifices that he had made in order to follow Jesus. The personal persecutions, the personal sacrifices, the, 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 the stripes on his back, the stoning and left for dead, the, the people who wanted to kill him, the, all of the things that happened because he decided to follow Jesus and see this kingdom as a more a more sure kingdom and a more secure kingdom and a more satisfying kingdom <laughs> than any of the kingdoms of this old world that are passing away. And he said, I suppose the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is going to be revealed in us on that day. Sometimes, friend... The persecutions get so strong in order to get through this day, we have to look past it and see that day. And we have to look past the kingdoms of this world. You know, Satan showed Jesus when he went out into the wilderness to be tempted, the kingdom of kingdoms of this world and told him, it's in my power to give you the kingdoms of this world. Satan has pulled down here. He has influence. He, 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 he can move many things, uh, uh, and many people to do many things, uh, because he, of his influence. 
This prince of darkness, this power of the air has influence over the minds of men. The God of this world, if he can blind the minds of men, he can also influence the minds of men. And friend of mine, Jesus would not, would not for one millisecond uh, look at the kingdoms of this world instead of the kingdom of God. And that's how we overcome when we see all of the earthly pleasures that are offered, the temporary sinful pleasures that are offered by this fallen world. Friend, never ever think about trading that that you cannot keep for that that you cannot lose. Always choose the kingdom of God. You know, the scripture said if we would seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things that we need in this world to live in our fleshly bodies, in this physical world, He said it will all be granted you. Not because we seek after it at the expense of God's kingdom, but because we seek God's kingdom first. Praise God. When you become a child of God, believe me, God will provide for you. When you become a child of God, believe me, God will protect you. When you become a child of God, God will not be a father who neglects his children. Amen. We will be highly favored and and blessed in his kingdom. But this is far beyond the physical realm. There is an eternal inheritance that is ours in Jesus Christ. And it is incorruptible, therefore. The second word that Peter used to describe the inheritance of the saints is undefiled. Like the previous word, this word is also used frequently in reference to the kingdom of Israel. We repeatedly read that Israel defiled the land by adopting the customs and gods of the nations, acting abominably in the sight of God. Let me just read one of the many texts that illustrate this so clearly. And let me, let me read it from Ezekiel. God said through Ezekiel, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own ways and deeds. To me, their way was like the uncleanness of a woman in her customary impurity. 36 and 17. Chapter 36, verse 17 of Ezekiel. And it was because of this defilement that the kingdom of Israel was ultimately destroyed. But Peter says that this kingdom will never be defiled. It will never grow corrupt so that God's wrath burns against it and so that he destroys it. No, this kingdom will be a kingdom pure and holy, a kingdom without sin. Therefore, God will never destroy it. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom that is susceptible to that kind of corruption. Hallelujah. It is undefiled. It is incorruptible, therefore indestructible. It is undefiled, and therefore it is eternal. Praise God. Oh, friend, you know, sometimes God is astonished at man's man's 
absolute, I don't want to use the word foolishness, folly, stupid, it may be appropriate, and maybe I shouldn't use that term, but but David did say, have pity on me, for you know how foolish I am. You know what a fool I have been. You know I've made foolhardy and foolish decisions. But David in his repentance was restored. Friend of mine, it's a foolish thing. It's just, it it doesn't make any sense if you understand these kingdoms that are in conflict, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of fallen man and the kingdom of this world and, and particularly the kingdom of darkness that Satan operates in. And friend of mine, if who would trade, who would trade this incorruptible, undefiled kingdom? For this kingdom that is passing away, that will bring only heartache and heartbreak in the end. How many of us have foolishly made a choice that led to discouragement, that led to destructiveness, destroying our family, destroying our marriage? What what affair is worth destroying the trust between you and your mate what 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 kind of of sinful behavior or addiction is worth destroying your home and your relationship with your children you see satan influencing the kingdom of this world promises This sin will satisfy you. Oh, this will make you happy. This will give you all the fulfillment that you're looking for. This drug will do it. He's he's a liar, and he's the father of lies. And it's a foolish thing to see the kingdoms of this world and sell out the eternal kingdom of God that is offered us. And Jesus said in astonishment that man would make such foolish choices. What would a man give in exchange for his soul, his undying, eternal soul? Why would he be so caught up in the immediate and the material and the physical that he would sacrifice the eternal and the spiritual Oh, the, the eternal life that is offered in, when we come into God's glorious kingdom. Praise God. Amen. He said this kingdom is incorruptible. This kingdom is undefiled. And this kingdom is everlasting. Praise God. It is unfading. This is the third word. That Peter uses to describe the inheritance. It is unfading. Reserved in heaven for us. The word used later in chapter uh, uh, 21 in verse 24. Where he speaks of the fading of the flower. In the Old Testament. God described the northern kingdom of Israel. As a flower that was fading. We read of this in Isaiah 28 verses 1 through 4. Where the glorious beauty of Samaria is compared to a fading flower. Samaria, you know, was the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. When Isaiah spoke these words, the northern kingdom of Israel was on the verge of dying out, never to be rebuilt. In a short time, God would exercise his wrath upon her for her sins. The Assyrians would come and take the people captive 
and upon and and fill the northern kingdom with foreigners the 10 northern tribes of israel would lose their homeland and it would never be restored to them we so often speak of the 10 northern tribes as the lost tribes of israel you see what hope peter is giving to the christians in asia they are strangers in this world they are aliens residing temporarily in it they don't belong to this world they have no real citizenship in it but peter says but look what you do have you are born again as an heir to the kingdom of god hallelujah and this kingdom is indestructible and this kingdom is unfading it's eternal and unfading earthly kingdoms flourish for a time Like a blossom, they reach their pinnacle of power and splendor, but the power and prosperity comes corruption and decay. Their wickedness makes them weak, for God frustrates all their endeavors and visits them with His wrath. So these mighty kingdoms fade away. The Assyrians grew to be a world power, but their kingdom waned and gave way to the kingdom of Babylon. Babylon, in turn, gave way to the Medo-Persian Empire, and the Medo-Persians gave way to the kingdom of Greece and Greece to Rome. Earthly kingdoms come, but ultimately they crumble and they go, one following the other. But in the end, none of them remain standing. But Peter says to these Christians, this is not so with the kingdom which you belong. It will come in perfect power and splendor. It will be a glorious kingdom. It will be a kingdom that is free from all the powers of evil that bring decay. It will be a kingdom of righteousness. It will never be defiled. It will never come under the wrath of God so it will never fade in splendor, in glory, or in majesty. It will be like a flower that forever remains in bloom. Hallelujah. Now this glorious inheritance Peter is talking about is reserved for the Christians in Asia. It's a very comforting word to me because it means literally to guard, to keep watch over, something with an eye to protecting and preserving. A young lad who uh, maybe is going to jump in the creek this summer or into a lake to cool off might give his watch to a friend and say would you hold on to this for me he doesn't want to put it on the grass because he might forget it someone might step on it or someone might steal it he doesn't want to get it wet because it may rust and quit working so entrust it to a friend for safekeeping friend of mine when we come to christ he becomes a friend and not an enemy. God becomes a friend to that that he was once alienated from. A friend that is so trustworthy that we can trust our eternal, immortal soul into his hands for safekeeping. Oh, friend, 
What an inheritance we have. What an inheritance we have. Listen, all the gold and silver that could be left you when you first hear the word inheritance, we think of material wealth, material blessings, physical blessings even. There's a blessing greater than the healing of your body, and I do believe that healing prayers can and are being answered today. I'm a product of a healing prayer when I had cancer in my blood and I was dying of leukemia. They prayed for me. Prayer was offered for me. And and uh, as the doctor, uh, hesitant to call it a miracle, as many men of science are, he, he just put down when they took me back to the doctor and couldn't find any trace of the leukemia. Uh, in my bloodstream. <laughs> he wrote down on the report, spontaneous remission. By the way, I had no bone marrow transplant. We had no insurance. I'm not even sure they could do that in the early 50s when I was diagnosed. But I know that God is a prayer answering God and as wonderful as it was to be healed of cancer of the blood, of leukemia. It doesn't compare to the healing of sin's deadly wound when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. If I live to be a hundred, <laughs> a friend of mine, it's not enough. That's a short time in light of eternity. But oh, to have the promise of eternal life, to know if I uh, leave this old body tomorrow, uh, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's my inheritance as a child of God. And it cannot and should not be compared to any of the treasures of this world and this earth. Don't ever sell your birthright for the bowl of porridge. Don't ever ever trade the kingdom of God for the fleeting kingdom of this world, the fallen and falling kingdom of this world. Oh, friend, if the devil is showing you the kingdoms of this world and the fleeting pleasures of sin for a season, ah, you need to look past it to eternity and say, you may get somebody to make the trade with you, but this is not a good deal. When he comes and says, let's make a deal, your soul for the kingdoms of this world. Friend of mine, don't play the game with him. Don't play the game with him. Amen. There's something behind the curtain that he doesn't want you to see. There's something behind the curtain that he doesn't want you to understand. Because if you knew where he was leading you. You wouldn't play the game with him. You wouldn't make the trade with him. You would You would come back to you. Many of you would come back to your roots. Many people I'm talking to today have a legacy of faith. You may have been drugged to church. You may have endured Sunday school and the preaching. But somewhere down in your soul, you have a legacy of faith. And you know there's, a, there's an eternity ahead. And you can spend it in one place or the other. And don't ever let the enemy convince you and talk you and lie to you out of your inheritance. If you're not a Christian, you can receive Jesus Christ today. And the moment you do, this becomes your inheritance. 
You are translated. The Bible said you will be translated out of the powers of darkness, literally the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of God's dear Son, a kingdom of marvelous light. It's unfading, friend. It is indestructible. It is eternal. Hallelujah. It's everlasting. Praise God. Today, I beseech you as we get ready to close this broadcast, if you are away from God, if you have wandered away from your faith even, and the devil has convinced you, that whatever sin that he has shown you or you're experiencing right now is more important than, than your inheritance, that it's worth giving up your inheritance for, I beseech you in the name of Jesus today that you will come home to your Father's house. He's going to run to meet you. He's going to run to greet you. And he's going to restore unto you all the inheritance that the enemy has tried to persuade you to give up. Oh, friend, and if you don't know Jesus Christ today, you can inherit this eternal, indestructible, everlasting kingdom. And not only know that you have eternal life because your sins are forgiven and forgotten and you've been pardoned, but you can also know that all the way on life's journey in this fallen world, in this faulty body, Christ has made a promise to you when you receive Him as your Savior. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way. Oh, what more could we possibly imagine God with us here, Christ helping us through this world with grace and mercy and strength and heaven waiting us when we pass from this life. Ah, friend, I'm so glad today. After all the tears and years, I'm so glad to be a preacher of the good news, a proclaimer of the good news of Jesus today. Ah, friends, would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.